Well, it is our crazy celebration and commitment Sunday here at People's Church as we're going to be breaking ground on a new 42,000 square foot facility, ASAP. And the scripture uh, that the Lord laid upon our hearts for this crazy season is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 13. The scripture says, if I acted crazy, everybody say crazy. If I acted crazy, I did it for God. If I acted overly serious, I did it for you. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. And you can see today that many of our leaders were wearing crazy shirts today. And we are just in this crazy fun season. And I tell you what, we're going to bless some of you with a, a crazy shirt today. And uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. Heads up out there now. We're just going to get a little crazy today now and look up and watch out. And there's a shirt for you. Now put that crazy shirt on. And the rest of you can get one after service for forty nine ninety nine. It'll be a great sale for you today at People's Church. That's a joke, folks. But uh, there's a crazy shirt for you. Wear it, enjoy it, put it on like the rest of us, and just act like you're crazy even if you're not. Uh, but we're excited about what the Lord is doing here at People's Church. And I've been saying over the last several weeks, are you ready to get crazy? Well, today I switched it. And today I'm saying, church, let's get crazy. standing where phase one is going to be built. God has blessed us with an incredible, incredible location.
My name is Crystal, and I moved to Oklahoma City about a year ago, and I moved down here with a boyfriend, and I ended up getting pregnant. Um, shortly after I got pregnant, I knew that our relationship wasn't going to work, and I was just very depressed, and it was in my mind to have an abortion, and I even set up an appointment for a Friday to do so. Although I made an appointment to have an abortion, I was still very skeptical. I wasn't sure if that's what I wanted to do. And I had a family member that goes to pe People's Church and invited me here. And I decided that I was going to go to church on Sunday. And I was expecting some answers from God. And I felt like if I didn't get the right feeling to keep the baby, that I was going to go ahead and have my abortion that following Friday. I came to church Sunday morning. And my first encounter with People's Church was so strong. It made such a huge impact on me um, the very first time. And I just feel like that God really spoke through Pastor Herbert to me and I knew right then that I was going to step out in faith and keep my baby and trust God that everything was going to be okay. On November 1st, 2007, I had my baby and I knew as soon as they took him out, as soon as I heard his first cry and I saw his little face, that I had made the right decision in having him. Before I started going to People's Church and I was living with my boyfriend, I felt like that nothing was going right and I was depressed all the time and I just felt trapped. It was just definitely something missing and I didn't know I didn't know how to feel how to fill that empty void. And once I started going to People's Church and the love that I felt from everyone here and once I started the things that I started learning and as I began to grow closer to God, I feel like that, that empty that empty void was filled and I noticed myself growing spiritually and my spiritual my desire to get to know the Lord is just growing stronger and I can definitely tell a difference if I don't come to church. I can I can feel myself longing for longing for the Lord and I just can't wait to get back. If I hadn't came to people's church that Sunday and if God hadn't spoke to me through Pastor Herbert, I really don't think that my baby would be here today and I really don't know where I will be. I know that because of People's Church that there's a new life here today, and I'm very thankful. My name is Crystal Thompson, and my baby's name is Cannon, and our lives have been changed. to see a church with worldwide influence, a church so large in size that cities and nations are impacted by its ministries, a church growing so quickly that buildings struggle to contain the increase. I have a dream to see a church whose message is so clear that lives are changed forever and potential is fulfilled through the power of His Word. I have a dream to see a church so compassionate that people are drawn from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given to see a people that are so kingdom-minded that they count whatever the cost and pay whatever the price to see revival sweep the Oklahoma City metro area and the entire world. Are you going all in to rock this city with the good news? Ah, have a dream to see a church whose head is deep, whose help is the Holy Spirit, whose focus is the Great Commission. And when God's help, that church will be our church. People's church. This church is all about 
changed lives, the crystals being transformed by the power of Jesus Christ, seeing people far, far from God, seeing their life transformed by our Heavenly Father. Matter of fact, that leads me into point number one. You can grab your bulletin, point number one. And my message today is, listen, I'm crazy about changed lives. Crazy changed lives. God is still changing hearts and lives. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? And I think that's very important for us to understand because we live in this earth and oftentimes we forget about eternity. We forget that there's a heaven and there's a hell. I mean, you're going to live 60, 70, 80 years. The Lord really blesses you 90, maybe 100 years. And that is so short when you compare it to eternity. And the scripture just reminds us there's a heaven, there's a hell. Some are going to heaven, some are going to hell. And scripture goes on to say, do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And and I love verse number 11. And that is what some of you were. Well, I could preach there about 30 minutes all by itself right there. That's where some of you were were and you're no longer there because Jesus Christ has changed your heart and changed your life listen you're not fooling your pastor today you look cute and handsome and all that stuff but I know what some of you was not very long ago amen you look slicked up and got your smell good on got your makeup on walking like you you know sitting there looking good but I know it wasn't long ago you was a liar and a cheater, and an adulterer, and bound in pornography, heart full of hatred, and bitterness strung out on drugs. You were lost and hopeless and, and helpless. And the scripture says that's what you were. And I love the rest of that verse. But it says, but you were washed. Anybody here been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ? Come on, anybody here know what it is to be washed? But you were washed. You were sanctified not because of anything that you did. You, you, had done, you did nothing to deserve it, to earn it. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary, you were washed. You were sanctified. In other words, you were set apart. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You say, Pastor, why are you so crazy and passionate? I'll tell you because I have a deep conviction that God still changes lives. I have a deep conviction that God will still take somebody who's strung out on drugs and in 2008 he'll set them free and they'll become that's what you were. God will take somebody that's bound up in sin, bound up in all types of lifestyles. He'll take them and he'll set them free and wash them by his blood and change them from the inside out. God will take somebody whose life is broken in a million pieces and he'll take them and he'll put them back together again by his power and by his mercy. I have a deep conviction that our God still changes lives. I believe it with all of my heart. You say, Pastor, why do you share that deep conviction? I'll tell you why I have that deep conviction. Because I look at what God did for this old country boy from we woke up Oklahoma. When I was lost, 
And I was having sex outside of marriage, and my mind was being pumped. I was pumping it full of filth and full of junk. I was headed to hell. Should be locked up in prison. And God stepped down and touched a little teenage boy in a football locker room at a fellowship of Christian athletes who was full of himself and full of sin. And I was washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I was sanctified and justified because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. And my life has been changed. Is there anybody else that will testify with me that Jesus still changes lives? That he changed your life? That he set you free? That he's transformed you? You're not the same person that you used to be. Praise God. He still changes lives. And I'm, I'm passionate about Christ. And I'm passionate about his church because I believe that Jesus is still changing lives. I might fool around and preach today, church. Amen. Point number two. Point number two. There's a, a, a second thing I want to share with you today. I'm crazy about the next generation. I'm crazy about kids and student ministry. Matthew chapter 19 and verse number 13 says, Then the little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. In other words, they said, don't bring those kids to Jesus. I mean, come on, Jesus is way too busy doing real ministry. I mean, that's not real ministry, hanging out with kids and teaching. I mean, that's not real ministry, hanging with teenagers. I mean, Jesus is, don't bring the kids. Jesus is way too busy doing important stuff. Let the kids go play some more. I mean, Jesus is too wrapped up in real ministry. And notice what Jesus says in verse 14. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them. Quit stopping the kids from coming to me and receiving ministry from me. And matter of fact, fellows, hey, hey disciples, listen to me. Just because you think you've got it together and got it going on and you've been hanging out with me and you're an adult and you got a job and you think kids are worthless, Jesus said to them, listen, guys, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. The very ones you're trying to keep from me, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matter of fact, fellas, matter of fact, church, you can't come to Jesus unless you come as a little kid with childlike faith, trusting in a heavenly father. And verse 15 says, when he placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Listen, this church will not rebuke the children and the teenagers from coming to Jesus because, listen, Jesus Christ takes kids and takes teenagers and transforms their lives. And we're able to set their life on a solid foundation at an early age. The current Barna study indicates, listen to this, indicates that nearly half of all Americans who accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, do so before reaching the age of 13. That's 43%. And two out of three born-again Christians, that's 64%, made that commitment to Christ before their 18th birthday. 64% of all Christians did so, made that decision before the age of 18. I'm just curious. I've done this in several settings, but I wonder today on a Sunday morning... How many of you in this place, you gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ before your 18th birthday? Just raise your hand across this book. Just, just look around. Just look around. Just look around. Just look around. You tell me kids' ministry is not important. 
You tell me forget the teenagers, they're worthless, let's don't invest in their life. Listen to me. Most people who make a decision make so before the age of 18. We've, I'm excited about having more kids and more youth space to reach our kids and reach our teenagers and to train them up. I'm excited about our new student ministries director we just brought on to our team. We just brought on Chris and Jamie Smith, and, and they began this past Wednesday night, and they're incredible people, passionate for God, have a heart to reach teenagers who are far from God. They have a heart to, to see teenagers trained up and, and to grow on their faith and to grow on their relationship with God. I'm excited about Mandy and her husband, Jeremiah, the, the children's director of this church, who have a great passion to raise kids up and to train them up to know the Lord and to fear the Lord. Listen, I thank God for, for government, but let me tell you something. Government doesn't change hearts and lives. Let me say, I thank God for our school system. I got a high school education, a college education. But listen, education doesn't change hearts and lives. There are educated sinners everywhere you look. But I'm going to tell you who changes lives. I'm going to tell you the hope of the world. And that's Jesus Christ. And he is breathing through his church, the local church. And I believe every kid and every teenager needs to be connected to God. And growing in their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, this church will take kids and will take thousands of kids every weekend. Thousands of teenagers will come to this place every single Wednesday night. And we're going to raise them up so we're going to equip them so that when they leave their homes, they can step onto the university campus with something instilled in their hearts. They can step into their future marriage with the foundation of Jesus Christ. They can have kids and raise them in the fear of the Lord. And this church is going to be the catalyst of setting future generations up to serve Jesus Christ with with passion and with integrity. And I'm excited about it, church. I'm excited about it. Crazy about the next generation. There's a, a, a third thing I want to share with you today. Crazy change lives. Crazy about the next generation. Number three, crazy involvement. Crazy involvement. I want to read the scripture I shared with you last week because I really believe the Lord could do this here at People's Church, I believe that it, that it really could. Exodus 35, verse number 4, as the children of Israel were preparing to build the sanctuary for the Lord. The scripture said, Moses said to the whole Israelite community, This is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze. And of course, if you keep reading, uh, they brought numerous items to Build the sanctuary for the Lord. Exodus 36 and verse number 4 says, skipping down to the next chapter, I want you to see the response of the people. Notice the response of the people. So all the skilled craftsmen who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left their work and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work of the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more. Verse 7, because what they, this is awesome, because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. And they restrained them. They said, stop bringing. We've got enough. We've pl- you, everybody has responded and done their part, and we've got more than enough. I believe that could happen here at People's Church as we are breaking ground here on this 42,000 square foot facility costing us around $4.32 million. And I have just crazy, simple, childlike faith that if everybody did their part, we'll see miracles take place amongst us. And you know what oftentimes happens in 
in, in, in a church like this where it's growing and lives are being changed. And, you know, I've got some Dixie cups. And, you know, if you ever come to my house for dinner, we're not going to whip out the fine china. Matter of fact, we don't have any. We're going to whip out some plastic cups because look at him. I don't want to wash no dishes when you leave. Amen. Thank you for coming. And we'll clean the table off. And this is just some little small Dixie cups. I mean, these are just little little Dixie cups, you know. And, and what, you know what people think? Matter of fact, it, it amazes me that when churches like us get into a season like this, and I know none of you would do this, but some folks go, well, I can't believe that preacher up there going to talk about building, building, raising money. I'm going to go to me another church. Well, when you go to that other church, somebody else paid for that building and built it to reach people with, I mean, you're just going to build it, sit in another place where they have sacrificed, had a vision to do God's work. And, but I know that you're here because you have a vision to reach people. But, but there are many people, they'll say, well, Pastor, you know, I'm behind you, and I know God's going to do great work here because we got a great pastor, and he's anointed, and God's hands on him. And, Pastor, I'm behind you, way behind you. Go, Pastor. Go. Go. Go, Pastor. I know you're going to do it in Jesus' name. Not we, you going to do it. And, and I know, Pastor, we're going to do great things because, I mean, we do have a wonderful staff. We've got some incredibly talented and gifted and anointed men and women who who work at this church, and I mean, some think, well, you know, we're going to do great things because these men and women, they're, they're going to do it. And so some say, you know, well, I, I think we're going to get it done because, I mean, we do have a great board of directors, and, and they support this church, and, and they're faithful, and they keep us accountable and pray for us and, and serve me. They're armor bearers, and, and some say, you know, I, I know they'll do We have even small group leaders that serve, and, and some people say, well, they'll get the job done. I mean, I don't need to participate. They'll get the job done. And, and you know what happens when, when everybody doesn't do their part? I mean, these, these, these Dixie cups here, and they, you, know, you know what happens? You know, when everybody doesn't do their part, we think a few people are going to carry the entire load. You know what happens? It crushes those. It can't get done when just a few folks get involved. And you know my prayer for this whole spiritual journey, because that's what we're on, is my prayer is, Lord... I pray everybody does their part and does their best. And, and there's no doubt as pastor of this church, I believe in leading by example. And Tiffany and I are doing something very sacrificial. And our staff is, is participating and they're highly involved and engaged in doing something sacrificial. And so is our board. They're, they're, they're stepping out in faith and doing something sacrificial. And so are our, our community group leaders and other leaders. Many of them are stepping out in faith and, and they're doing something sacrificial because they believe in the work of the Lord. But, but you know what I, I've been asking God? God, I want everybody to participate. I'm talking about that college student. So you know, Pastor, I only work a part-time job. And I can't do much, but you know I can do $50 a month, Pastor, because I really believe in this church. And we've got some college students that are stepping up. And even our kids, that, that jar of money on the platform, that's our kids. And, and they're investing in this project. And, and they're, they're involved. My, my kids are helping as well to invest in you know, my kids think it's cool that they're able to give some money to the work of the Lord, to build a house of God, to reach more people. But what my kids don't understand is really is me and Tiffany's money. We're just giving it to them, amen. When they, we might as well up our players up a little bit more, amen, because we're just giving them our money and they give it to the Lord anyways. But, but, but they're involved. We, we want our kids to understand about sacrificial giving. I want my kids to understand that, that, that they're going to be able to look back in, in years and see that they did something and they made a difference for God and thousands of people are coming and being rich because something that they sacrificed and, and gave to and. And I'm praying for that single mom who's, who's struggling, that she says, you know, I can do my part. And, you know, I, I, I really don't feel like I have much, but, man, I could do two or $3,000 over three years. And I believe in this church. I, I, I believe we'll have some young families that say, God, I step out in faith because, 
I'm not going to let a few folks carry the load. I'm going to do my part. And they'll step up. And, man, they can do five or $10,000. They'll just do their part and do their best. And, you know, I really believe that God has blessed some folks in this church. And somebody has the capacity to give a million-dollar gift. And that's their best and their part. Somebody says, you know, Pastor, I- I'm going to step out of faith and honor God. And our family could do $500,000. And somebody says, you know, Pastor, for our family, we, we could do, we could do $100,000. we are just going to do our part and do our best. And somebody else says, you know, I could do $50,000. I'm not going to depend on that person. I'm just going to do my best and do my part. And somebody else says, you know, I could do $25,000 over three years. God has blessed our family incredibly. I believe in storing up treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. I believe in reaching people far from God. And I want to do my part to invest in God's kingdom every single person that calls this place home. If you're a guest, we don't want you involved. We, we don't want you a part of this. We want you to sit back and watch what God does through his people. When everybody says, you know what? I'll do my best. And you know, even me, I feel very insignificant. I feel like what I have doesn't really matter. But pastor, I'm going to do my part and I'm going to do my best. And you know what happens when everybody does their part and when everybody does their best? Do you know what happens? Yeah, I know you don't believe it. Some Dixie Cups is holding up a big black man. That's right. It's, that's, what's, that's what's happening. I'm not a magician. This is not an illusion. It's actually happening. Yeah. One of my staff members said to me in the office after this, and the pastor, pastor, um, I was hoping you wouldn't stand up there so long. I can't wait for them cups to crush. Oh, I have faith in these cups. Amen. Because every one of them doing their part. Because that's what happens when everybody comes together and does their best and does their part. Crazy things happen. And all we're asking is for our church family, those of you that call this place home, to do your part, to do your best. And I believe as we hear from God and honor Him and step out in faith, I really believe God's going to do crazy miracles in our lives, in this church, and in this city. We're going to see crazy things happen. Here's what I ask you to do. We're going to pray in just a moment. In your bulletin, there's a commitment.